Is this thing on? Are you ready, Matt? You're listening to Box Office Avengers with Matt Diaz and Ernesto Santos. Good evening, folks. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you. We know each other. He's a friend from work. That's right, guys. You heard that right. That's Godzilla and Kong welcoming you to this week's episode of Box Office Bidgers. Matt, I told you that I would have a good one for you. Look at that. I got I got them both to come on. I'm just kidding, y'all. What you I did was I I played the scene and we're you know, we're gonna have a full spoiler review of Godzilla versus Kong. And man, I got some things to say about the whole MonsterVerse as a ser- like as a series. Like I'm really excited to talk about it. That comes from the one scene where Godzilla and Kong are pretty much like roaring at each other in the face. <laughs> It's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool scene, if, I'm, if I say so myself. Matt Diaz, welcome. So wow. glad to have you here. So I, welcome, I, episode I, seventy-one. Episode seventy. I have two things to say. One, I'm so sorry for anyone listening into their car and you just heard our glorious intro, and all of a sudden you just heard yelling, or yeah. or in your earbuds. I don't know how you're listening. Maybe you're going for a jog, or whatever. However you listen to this podcast, and all of a sudden you just hear screaming. But also. Ernesto, I didn't know that we were getting both Godzilla and Kong. I didn't know we were getting special appearances on this show. You, you I got did. connections. I asked, very... I asked them. Yeah, and no. they said sure. And they They're said, like, well, yeah. Well, like, yeah, well, let, me, let me destroy the city real quick, and yeah. then I'll be right over. You come over, yeah. <laughs> let that's, me just jump through the hollow earth, and I'll be right there. <laughs> that's, that's really nice of them to do. I yeah. really do appreciate that. I, I mean, they're, they're busy monsters. Yeah, they they're, are. they're busy people, you know, or, or monsters, but they make, but they make time. But they make time. They make for time. Box office bingers. Absolutely, <laughs> as, as well as you guys who are ever listening. So thank you yeah. for taking the time to come and, out and listen to us, and who are wondering, wow, what was that? <laughs> I just listened to. You. <laughs> and if this is the first time you're listening to. Don't worry, it gets better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're just getting started. <laughs> just getting started, and 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 we are really just getting started. Um, yes, we are reviewing Godzilla vs. Kong. Before that, we are going to be talking about some movie news. We're going to be diving into what you're watching. So let's go right into the news, Ernesto. Uh, Netflix, they had a big week. They are the topic of two new stories this week. And we'll start with the first one. So Netflix buys Knives Out sequel for $450 million. That is close to a half a billion dollars. Uh, both Daniel Craig and director Ryan Johnson are set to return for two Knives Out sequel films. It also looks like that out of that 450 mil, like Daniel Craig and Ryan Johnson are both getting a big payday. I think I, I read they're getting like 100 mil each just so they mm. can do these two movies. I mean, that's that's I don't I don't know. I mean, I really like Knives Out. Oh, but I, I enjoyed it. I mean, hashtag, you know, go check out our review on it. We reviewed it. That was like one of the first couple of movies we reviewed when we got yeah, started. Yeah, I, I think it was like episode four or five for our review on Knives Out, yeah. 
it was a, I mean, it was a great movie. I really enjoyed it. But I'm curious to see is where the story is going to go. Is it going to follow like Daniel Craig as like the investigator? Yeah, I think, think so. Yeah, I think so. Because I think uh, it's kind of like you know uh, the Murder on the Orient Express type of deal. I think mm. we're gonna have we're gonna follow like one detective, and he's like so. I think all Daniel, his cases, all his I'm cases. Down. Yeah, I'm totally down for that. Yeah. And I was I was that. just about to ask you like I wasn't expecting a sequel from Knives Out, but I'm also was not, I. I'm not mad at it either. But I could see it. I could see it as franchise material. You just have to write a really good story to throw that character to throw that character into, you know? Yeah. So it absolutely. almost it almost doesn't matter. But a lot of the appeal was like, is it gonna draw a massive like all star cast? Are we gonna get, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis and Chris Evans and um who's the other guy the other really big guy? Uh Michael oh Shannon. Michael or... Shanahan. Yeah, I mean, yeah. are we like Chris, kinda, Christopher are... Plummer? I mean, unfortunately, he passed away, but he was yeah. in the film as well. Um, yeah, I think we're just. I, I think what made the film work was obviously the the creative script. I mean, it was nominated for. I think it was nominated for best picture, right? I believe so. I'd have if to. Not, if not, if not, definitely check. best screenplay. It was nominated for. So like the script was very original. So I guess the question is that if Ryan Johnson is writing the next two of these Knives Out films, like will it have the same draw that the first one have? And will it also have the same star power as the first film had? Because part of the charm was like you have this like nice round, well-rounded cast. And so like we can have a brand new cast, just make it just as well-rounded. I guess that's what I'm saying. Um, it was nominated for Best Original Screenplay at the Oscars last year. Okay, yeah, and which but which it, makes sense because it was a great screenplay. Yeah, and it won the MCFA MCFCA award for Best Acting Ensemble and Best Comedy Film. Okay, yeah, I believe that. It was yeah. it was really good. I think it was also it was nominated good. for the Golden Globes. Um, but yeah, I'm here for it. You know, I like Daniel Craig's like weird accent in Knives Out. So yeah, I do the cut. Oh, I hello. Do... It's like very... yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was terrible, but I tried. <laughs> it was, hey, it was better than I was gonna try. So I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll let you have that. Um, but yeah, I, I I think that um I'm I'm looking forward to this. I think this would be good. Also, it's on Netflix, so really, it's not that far for us to reach out to do. Yeah, it seems like you know that's gonna be the new norm. Mm-hmm. Either that or how long it's gonna or how quickly it's gonna go to streaming. Yeah, well I mean it, it's it's No, I'm it's just all... saying like this yes for this film, but like other films in the future. We're oh seeing, yes. We're seeing a, a transition into the new normal. Oh yes we are. And that's obviously leading into our next story. Speaking of Netflix, uh and they are spending all the money. I don't know how much they paid Sony for the particular deal. Uh, but this week it was just announced that they signed an exclusive multi-year deal with Sony to acquire the streaming rights to most of their upcoming movies starting in 2022. So that means that the upcoming Uncharted film, the Jumanji sequel, Morbius, Venom, possibly Spider-Man No Way Home will all be available to stream on Netflix at some point in 2022 after its theatrical run well they're they're losing everybody else everybody else is splitting off and like and joining their own they're like hey sony you don't need to make your own streaming service i got we we got a home for you at netflix well it's funny (laughs) it's funny because they already have a streaming service so to speak they own stars so like all of those movies Mm -hmm. were on like i think so i'm pretty sure sony's an own and operated 
like the stars it's owned and operated by sony that's a sony company and so all of those movies were already going to stars anyway so i think they just got a big payday from netflix because they wanted their movies and who you know they're like sure well you you can pay us to have these movies on your streaming service if you're going to give us a lot of money for it so i guess sony's not really interested in you know bumping up stars to be you know competitors to netflix or hbo max or disney plus they're just to be like no we'll, we'll side with netflix here you go here's our movie uh, stars is owned by lionsgate which i believe is also owned by sony now, now we're digging down the rabbit hole. Who's who owns Lionsgate? <laughs> but that's so weird. Like, why is they own some entertainment? Who owns Lionsgate? There I mean, we go. Is... Let's see. I'm, I'm doing the same thing. Who owns? No, Lionsgate is his own. It's his own thing. So maybe, maybe I was wrong. Uh... Well, either way, uh, before we get into dive into this whole yeah, where we go down line, that rabbit hole. Rabbit hole yeah. <laughs> Either way, all those Sony movies are coming to Netflix. This is actually very similar to what Disney did before Disney Plus. Yeah. If you if you remember, like I think Netflix signed a two year streaming deal with Disney. Then all of their movies, including Star Wars, Marvel, Pixar, live action Disney, animated Disney, were all exclusively streaming on Netflix for two years. And it wasn't until the birth of Disney Plus where those contracts started ending, and then now they're available. Now, as of right now, they're all available on Disney Plus. But it's a very similar move. It's just, I guess, now it's Sony's turn to cash in on that Netflix money. Or you know, they just realize they need to find a home. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, they still have stars if they do own stars, um, <laughs> but they are, you know, in the market of, uh, you know. I guess they don't want to be in the market of the streaming game. There's like, you know, you can pay us for our movies. That's fine. We don't mind yeah. getting paid. <laughs> I mean, they're a huge company. I mean, they make they make cameras. They make their own movies. <laughs> That's true. Like, look, we got bigger things to worry about than than these movies right now. Yeah. Like, they're definitely getting their source of income elsewhere, than not just the entertainment world. I mean, well, they're they're like, and they have their hand in each pot. Like, you can get a Sony like audio receiver. You can get a Sony TV. You can get Sony speakers. You can watch a Sony movie that was shot yeah. with Sony cameras. <laughs> also, PlayStation. They, they're and, in the video game world. Yeah, yeah, or you can watch it on your PlayStation, on your Sony TV, there on you your go. Sony surround sound system. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised we don't have the PlayStation streaming service at this point. <laughs> like, I'm sure. You know what? That would probably be... But actually, I think they do have their own streaming service. Oh, they, for games they do, yes, but not for movies. No, but I... No, I have Is it? I, I think so. I do need. Don't, don't let us go down another rabbit hole right now. We we, we got we got a lot of show here. <laughs> I really think it is. Yes, PS Now. No, that that that's for gaming. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. TV. Which which is a streaming service where you know you can play I think over eight hundred games on for like sixty bucks a year. Uh I think it it was a thing, but it looks like it was it's dead. Okay, all right. PlayStation, PlayStation View is what it was called. View, the, oh, the, I think I remember the, that. Yeah, I remember they had so, they had a few shows on there. They had like one superhero show that I was kind of that I was like, oh, that kind of looks interesting. Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess I, it doesn't I, matter. Nope, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, not around going, no more. It's going away. <laughs> you can find that shit on YouTube now. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so there, so there you go. So uh, all those upcoming Sony movies in 2022, if you have Netflix, keep them. You're going to get Knives Out and Sony movies coming soon (laughs) to, 
to a Netflix near you. Um, so moving on from that, Warner Brothers is no longer moving forward with two DC films. Uh, Ava DuVernay's New Gods and James Wan's Aquaman spinoff, The Trench, are officially canceled. DC and Warner Brothers reportedly felt the two films did not fit DC's next few years, or did not fit, sorry, uh, did not fit in DC's next few years of superhero entries and preferred not to leave the production team in limbo. Uh, Warner Brothers did, however, say that these projects will remain in the original creator's hands if they were to move forward in the future. Uh, so it sounds like they're putting these films on hold at the moment, but also leaving the door open uh, if they want to revisit them. I can't imagine that also the pandemic had something to do with them canceling these movies. Maybe it has a lot to do with Justice League. Maybe maybe this is the beginning stages of bringing back the Snyderverse. I mean, because it's literally, the internet has exploded. Yes. Like, there's all different kinds of memes from just from like different aspects of the movie that people want. People want Batman, the Batman and Deathstroke movie. Like a Deathstroke series or movie, those are the last, those are the most recent ones I saw. Mm-hmm. I saw another one, Restore the Snyderverse, uh, showing the Green Lantern stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm here for it. I mean, they both, you know, the internet has bullied these companies into doing other stuff before, <laughs> aka Sonic. So yes. it can be done. So hashtag I mean, Restore. I'm here for it. Restore the Snyderverse. <laughs> yes. Um, but what about what about these movies in particular? I mean, were you excited for Ava DuVernay's New Gods and you know an Aquaman spinoff of The Trench? Well, James Wan's Aquaman, I never saw it, so I have nothing to be excited for. Okay. But any, I am excited. I would have been, I would have seen Ava DuVernay's movie, like hands down. I would have watched it just to see what she, just to see what she comes up with. Yeah. Um, so I am sad. I'm not going to see her work, but maybe what I hope is that. That maybe they're gonna pick her for another project, or or you know, that they keep her in the loop because yeah. they don't they don't need to let her go if they've already got her on the hook. Yeah, um, I and I, I mean, out of the new movies that they've announced, they've said you know we know that Black Adam is coming soon, the Flashpoint, the Batman, um, the Suicide Shazam Two, the Suicide Squad is the next thing up on the docket. I can see them looking at their current lineup and being like. Yeah, these don't really fit right now. Like, there are definitely the more obscure stories that maybe they're looking to, you know, you know, kind of have a different path for their upcoming DC movies. I totally get it. Um, and I don't really know much about, I, you know, I, I watched Aquaman, but didn't really care when they announced a trench movie and i didn't know much what about is new... it what is the trench like is that something specific to the aquaman world yeah it is yeah it was okay. like these i i honestly i'm not even gonna try to explain it because i don't know much about it um so i'm not gonna <laughs> like, try are they like the warriors of that world or something kind of they're kind of monsters sea demons of that world so it's again it, it's well, like it doesn't it, matter because w- it's not happening is it right <laughs> <laughs> um and then like i said ava duvernay like you know we did a whole uh, uh, care, uh, director spotlight, creator spotlight on her a couple months ago. Be sure to check She's out great. that episode. She's great. And so I am sad that she is losing out on, you know, a, a superhero fran- possible franchise. But I'm sure th- this would just open the door for something else that we can get excited about. Yeah. Um, Maybe it'll and... open up for another project she was actually wanting to. That's usually what happens. They always yeah. say, well, that ended and that just really opened me up to do this project I've actually wanted to do for this time or yeah. whatnot. You know, we'll see. 
Yeah, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not really too surprised with this announcement, but, you know, it's not every day you hear superhero movies not being made, you know? Yeah, it's exactly. The ones are getting made. Um, so, yeah, so there's that. And then uh, kind of sticking with uh, Warner Brothers for a little bit as well, uh, you know, Godzilla vs. Kong, as we were going to do our spoiler review on that soon, um, had a big weekend, Ernesto, with theaters reopening and vaccines being distributed around the country. People are heading back to the movie theater. Godzilla vs. Kong, Godzilla versus Kong officially set a new, what they're calling a pandemic record at the domestic box office with a weekend opening haul of $48.5 million. At the time of recording, they have grossed over $300 million worldwide. I think this is great news. Yeah. For movie theaters, Ernesto, I think that's safe to say we are slowly seeing an incline in, you know, in, in, you know, in going to the theater. I think definitely big screen, big monsters. Definitely. I think, yeah, I think everywhere, I think everywhere is starting to get back to the new normal. Like the people who want to get out and do stuff like and if they feel they feel so inclined, they're going to go out and get the vaccine and, yeah. do, and do what they need to do. Because I mean, just the other day, kind of. Kind of unrelated, but entertainment. Um, you know, they're getting, they're moving the All Star Game to Denver, right? And they're already talking about that they're gonna, they want a packed house and have no mass, no mass mm-hmm. mandate. Like, when was the last? You know, that's the first. That'll be that's like a first inclination back into the our, you know, our normal or whatever yeah. the new normals, uh, our new sense of normalcy is gonna be. Yes, whatever that may be. And um, I also think this news is interesting because. You know, this movie was available to watch on HBO Max. You you didn't have to go to the theater. So the fact that there was a big turnout, Ernesto, that looks very interesting for how the future goes and how we see new release movies. Maybe yeah. maybe they do see like, hey, people are, you know, doesn't matter where we have it. You know, people are going to do whatever Easter they want to do. That's that was Easter right. Weekend. It was Easter weekend. So they definitely had that going for them. But uh, this this is also a movie that I feel is going to do well in the theaters for the sheer fact of the action, the sound. Like I could only imagine, and I know you saw it in IMAX. So I'm very interested in what your experience was of that. But Mm -hmm. if like the whole, I, unfortunately, I mean, I had to watch it at home just because I didn't have the meat. I couldn't get to the theater, but I would have loved to have seen that movie in Dolby. But also, I mean, look, look at what we just said. I, yes, I was able to see it in the theater, but because you didn't have the time to watch it in the theater, you weren't missing out on anything. You, that's you true. still you still had the option to watch it at home, and I think that's the that's the important thing here. If and the, at least with you know, you know, as we're moving, you know, slowly, you know, getting back to like you said, our new normal. Like you are appeasing to a lot of audiences of having a movie out on a streaming service the day the same day as the theaters, and it's like for me, it's a win win. Like and, yeah. and for the movies that you don't really care to see in the theater, you can just watch it at home. And for the people who do want to see it in the theater, that's the options there too. Uh, HBO Max did say, like, like very recently after you know the the big boast of Godzilla vs Kong, that they are still using the same model until the end of 2021. Meaning that in 2022 they will be, you know, theaters first, then streaming services later, which I think we're going to see that come again, you know, probably at the end of the year, if not sooner. And um, we're just going to see a shorter release window in the theaters 
compared to when it will be available to watch at home. I think that's like the ultimate thing that's going to come out of this. And we already know with, with Paramount Pictures, um, they are, you know, they have that 45 day window and then it's going mm-hmm. straight to Paramount Plus. And I think HBO Max is doing something similar where you have that 45 day window and then it's going to go, you can watch it at home after that. I'm not, not sure if it's going to go straight to HBO Max or not, but you, you know, it like we're, we're seeing a shift now. And I think this is the beginning of that shift. Yeah. I mean, they realize, hey, we have all this fucking technology that can really makes our what we're trying to put out easier. And the problem is, is that they're probably making a lot more money. (laughs) They're probably making a lot more money with this new model because they're still raking in stuff from the theater because you get the upcharge from, you know, IMAX, Dolby and, and whatnot and those showings. But then you also get the the view counts on your subscription service for people Absolutely. watching it at home and the rewatch. But I mean, the good thing, and I guess we'll, we'll talk about this when we get into, when we kind of get into the, the review, but like it, it made me want to go see it. Like I have a, like I have a desire. Like if I have an opportunity to go see it in Dolby before it leaves the theaters, I would, I would like to, because I mm-hmm. think like, regardless of how you felt about the movie, I felt like that movie with the sound and the action is an is an is a movie theater experience movie. Like I feel like I do feel like the, the, not that I missed something, but that I do feel like there was an, there, there must be an added benefit to watching the movie in that, in that setting. And I can say that I've, I've seen the movie twice now. I did see, I went to the theater and I saw it in IMAX and then I saw it again at home and yeah, absolutely. There's a, a difference between the two. Um, you're you're engrossed in that atmosphere, especially the the very loud roars you were showing us at the beginning <laughs> of the show here. Um, yeah, it's like it's like you listen to a podcast, you hear the roars. You have your nice setup for surround sound. You're getting, you know, that the roars in your house, but there's nothing like hearing a roar in the theater, Ernesto. That is that Feeling is loud. <laughs> hear Godzilla shaking in my chest. Yeah. <laughs> Fifty foot Godzilla on the screen, (laughs) screaming in King Kong's face. (laughs) I mean, absolutely, they're said to be there, but also like you can still, for the sake of argument, go to work on Monday and feel safe on however method you decide to watch it, and still be in the conversation if you choose to. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, and I, I think I really think that both of this model is like a win-win scenario. Obviously, that's not going to stay, but as while it's here. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's good for it's good for all consumers, and it also it opened it up for you to get that second viewing to like you know to get whatever additional information exactly or, or whatever rewatch value you got out of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, absolutely. So yeah, so Godzilla vs Kong is doing good. The next big movie to be released in theaters is Mortal Kombat, also from Warner Brothers. So let's see how that one does, and if it does great, I think we're on the uppity up on the movie theater game, so. Yeah, and then, I mean, DC, I mean, not to, not for, not, I'm sorry, not DC, but HBO Max is, everyone they've it. come out with, like, has been more or less pretty good, like, yeah. even Tom and Jerry, I mean, I saw Tom and Jerry. You saw Tom and Jerry, I, did, yeah. I saw the limited release, and it was a cute kids movie, like, it's yeah. exact, I watched it and said, hey, this is exactly what I expected to happen, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like nothing new came from that, so. I don't know. I mean, it's it's gonna be interesting. This is a model that it, it definitely works for a lot of different people. Like it's just it's so flexible to all yeah. for all consumers. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. Um, so moving on from that, uh, we are continuing to talk about the road to the Oscars. Ernesto, we are so close. We are just about two weeks away from our Oscar predictions episode, 
and uh, I can't wait to you know break it all down, see what might win. Uh, and the last bit of like leading up to that ju- just happened over the weekend. The 2021 Screen Actors Guild Awards happened last week. The winners were announced. So we're just going to go over the, some of the highlights here. Uh, if you've been following along the award season with us, you none of these names that I'm about to say, none of these winners are going to be any surprise to you because it's the same list of people, Ernesto, winning the same awards. And that's perfectly fine because, like we've always said, they deserve all the awards and they're getting them. Yeah. Uh, we're starting with uh, we'll start with motion picture category. The Trial of the Chicago Seven wins the top prize for outstanding performance by an ensemble cast. Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman both win big for their leading roles in My Rainey's Black Bottom. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya and Marini no Minari's. You got Yoon, it. Thank you. I I, I almost <laughs> said it again. Um, Minari's Yoon Young Jung. I probably pronounced that wrong, and I apologize. Um, Young with her, Yoo-Jung. yeah, I think Young you said it right. I'm sorry yeah. if I fucked it up. But yes, we're trying, guys. <laughs> yes, we are trying. Well, her and Daniel Kaluuya uh, both won in the supporting actors category. Uh, in television, The Crown and Schitt's Creek won for Best Ensemble Cast for uh, a drama and comedy series. Jason Bateman won in Ozark for his leading role. Jason Sudeikis won uh, for leading role in a comedy for Ted Lasso. Gillian Anderson won for her leading role in uh, for a drama in The Crown. And Catherine O'Hare won for her leading role in a comedy series for Schitt's Creek. And so those are just the highlights. You can always go over to our Facebook page and click on the article link, and that would be the full description of all of the winners there. But Ernesto, looking at the finalists here, we see a lot of things being solidified, all these categories. Uh, for example, definitely looking at Chadwick Boseman. He has won for Best Actor in a Drama or in a Movie for every award every award show that we've talked about so far, it's not a stretch to assume that he is like a shoe in for the Oscars. The same goes for uh, Daniel Kuyuya. He's won best supporting actor in every award show so far, not a stretch of the imagination to think he's going to get at the Oscars as well. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately his, I mean, it's hard not to look at it and not think that this is his last, this is the last thing he put on film for the world. Mm -hmm. So I mean it's it's gonna be hard to top that. Plus his performance in that is so raw and so real. Good. It's such a great like regardless. I mean the movie's good too. The movie's great, but he just he him and Viola Davis just really bring it to the next level. Specifically him more than her. Yes, I he agree. Just, like he just he there's just something so raw and real about his performance that just. It makes it makes it incredible. Like it's it's well deserving, and then un- unfortunately for the others, like they're gonna be overshadowed. Like I'll be very surprised if he doesn't win. Yeah, and Riz Ahmed has also been nominated for best actor in in a film for Sound of Metal. For Sound of Metal, and he was fantastic. But like, which said, is unfortunate because I loved loved the Sound of Metal. Like mm-hmm. I think that is such a great. I think. That's such a great film, and but I don't know. It's it's hard when you look at Chad McBose's movie. It's like, well, I, I can't really like. You're both really great. Yeah. It's just Chad McBoseman just has he, that little he, bit more of it. It's not even the fact that he died. I just think his performance in it was just 
was so good. Was just yeah, so good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and then his no death, and his death is just like an added weight to his already incredible performance. Absolutely. Also, congratulations to Viola Davis. And like, I don't, I didn't see that coming, and I saw her reaction when she got the award. She didn't even see that coming that she was going to win, and her performance was downright incredible in Ma yes. Rainey's Black Bottom. I mean, she beat out uh, um, Frances McDermott in Nomadland, Carrie Mulligan in Promising Young Woman. Those were the front runners. Um, at the Golden Globes, it was Andre Day who won for the United States for the the, US, the United States versus Billie Holiday. Um, so she won, which you know, a lot of people not to say she didn't deserve it, but a lot of people feel like it could have gone to other people. And you know, these it, it like that particular category is like very unknown at the moment because every award show someone else is winning the best actress award so i'll be very curious to hear you know your thoughts when we dive into our oscars prediction in a couple weeks but either way viola davis definitely well deserved there and also daniel kuyuya winning in the supporting actor for judas and the black messiah we said it when we saw the movie yeah another great one it's hard to compare his performance among you know it to say that it was just downright incredible like he, he he brought it all to that role so I'm I'm happy to see that he continues to win because he definitely deserves it. There, I mean, there's a lot of strong contenders for Absolutely. this for this year, you know, on this year's slate. Like mm-hmm. a lot of great, a lot of great films. It's gonna be it's gonna be hard. It's hard to choose. It's gonna yeah. be hard to choose at the Oscars. Um, also, some other films that are notable for most likely winning the Oscar. Uh, Pixar Soul yeah. has won for best animated feature and best original score in every award show so far. Again, hard to think that it wouldn't go to anybody else when the Oscars come rolling in in two weeks. So, I, I mean, just as, as a quick glance, those those seems like to be your shoe-ins for the Oscars. You heard it here first at Box Office yeah. Ventures. I'm just saying. That's what we think. At, I'm just we could be wrong. We but could we, be wrong. We have, but we have a very strong inclination. Yeah. <laughs> so what's going to happen? We're just looking at the winners here from all yeah. these other award shows, and they're not for nothing. They're definitely – there's a science to this, people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would I would like to see Minari and the Father. I think those are the and um the other one the other one on Netflix. So I, there's three actually that I need to see that I think are going to be Netflix. nominated. Um, it's not not promising young woman. The 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 one that you saw. I I think the I think we've seen all of them. Minari and and the Father are the only two that are left that no. we haven't seen yet. What's the other one? There's another film about a woman who goes through oh pieces pieces of a woman pieces of a woman that's what yes it is. yeah she, uh, that she she was nominated for best actress vanessa kirby that's right um so yeah so like the best picture you, you we only missing two but yeah in that category yeah i i think like i said the first 30 minutes of that movie i think you re, it's, it's gripping okay that's an, it's, it's really good i think you like it after that it slows down but the first 30 minutes that's a 30 minute one shot for the most part uh or, no, or a 20 minute one shot either way it's a good scene um so yeah there you go uh we'll be definitely talking more about the oscars in the coming weeks but uh and last bit of news we want to talk about this week is uh new to streaming every Ooh. every month we like to give you guys a heads up on what you can expect on your streaming services so uh we'll start with hbo max we haven't talked about them yet ernesto i don't think we have um <laughs> going over to hbo max you can witness the debut of mortal kombat on April 23rd, along with the series premiere of the Victorian sci-fi fantasy The Nevers from director Joss Whedon on April 11th. 
Netflix is bringing the popular book series Shadow and Bones to life in a new series on April 23rd. And Melissa McCarthy and Octavia, Octavia Spencer team up and turn into superheroes with their new film Thunder Force available to stream on April 9th. Uh, did you ever read the book series Ernesto Shadow and Bones? Mm, no. No? Okay. It kind of sounds familiar. But I, I think I'm thinking of a different book series. Though. Okay. Uh, Immortal I, Instruments or something? No, I think that's, oh, yes, I think yeah, that's something yeah. else. Th- that is something else. But yeah, um, I know a lot of people are excited. I've been seeing a lot of good buzz about Shadow and Bones. So April 23rd, anyone who's interested. Uh, I'm kind of it... excited for this Melissa McCarthy and Octavia Spencer movie. Oh, really? I, the, the I, I caught the trailer for it. it. I don't know. It looks really funny. <laughs> it, it looks it, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't know. It feels like a cheesy comedy just thrown in with superheroes. But I. I don't know. I might. I don't know. We'll see. It's either we'll going to be really bad or okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're, never, we're not saying it's going to be good. It's just going to be I'm good. not saying it's going to be great. Yeah, but it, might right. be, it might be okay. 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 <laughs> uh, you know, it's all right. <laughs> uh, over on Amazon Prime, you can enter the world of Tom Clancy's Without Remorse, starring Michael B. Jordan on April 30th, which very excited to see that one. You just had to say Michael B. Jordan and be like, all right, well, I'm going to watch it. All right. It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, you can also check out the spooky new horror limited anthology series, Them, on April 11th. When I, I understand when I first saw this trailer, I thought this was a sequel to Us in a series. When I tell you this looks exactly like that, go watch the trailer for Them. And tell me that's not the sequel for us. I, I even looked it up. Jordan Peele has nothing to do with this series. I was just that was gonna be my first question. Yeah, he has it, nothing it, to do with this. I'm like, he's getting ripped off. He should <laughs> sue. Like, like, this, this is copyright infringement. <laughs> it even has the, the, the girl from us. Like no the daughter the daughter. She's in it. I'm like, there's no there's no fucking way. This is not a sequel. <laughs> I'm telling you. It's a, it looks so identical. So what, what you're telling me is that it looks good. It, lo- it looks, it definitely looks interesting. I'll give it that. Uh, anyway, go see for yourself. April 11th, it's available to stream on Amazon Prime. Uh, the series follows a black family who moves into an all-white LA neighborhood where mal- uh, malevolent. Male- malevolent forces threaten to taunt, ravage, and destroy them. Ernesto, come on. It's it's right there. It's right there. <laughs> Come on, tell me there's no similarities there. Um, over on Hulu, you can catch season the season four premiere of the popular series Handmaid's Tale, The Handmaid's Tale, uh, season four on April 28th, and John Stamos becomes a high school women's basketball coach in the new Disney Plus original series Big Shot that is available to stream on April 16th. Uh, Ernesto. Or do you watch Handmaid's Tale? We do. We do. Me, that's a show for me and the wife. Um, this the it's kind. It was kind of losing me a little bit. So the at the last season. So I'm really hoping that they pick it up. Okay. And maybe start wrapping. Like they're at a point where they need to start wrapping it up. Yeah, let's like, not wrap uh, that up. All right. Yeah, let's, or Ness was let's, like, you got you guys had four seasons. Let's uh let's see yeah, figure out an ending. Yeah. This better this better be the penultimate season. Like this yes. season should lean into the final season. I actually <laughs> thought this season was gonna be the final season, but now that I know that it's not, all right. Well, all right. Let's see where we're going. How is the story okay. gonna end? Because it, it started really strong. Season two was really strong. Season three was. 
I think the problem was that season three was good, but it was just not as strong as the previous two seasons. I mean, it could have just been a bad season. Like season four could be really good. Maybe maybe they Very learned. True. Maybe, we'll maybe they learned. Um, I guess I'm gonna find out. <laughs> I guess you're gonna find out. Yeah, I haven't seen anything of Handmaid's Tale, so I might I might jump on it. Maybe not. Maybe maybe okay. not. I don't know. It's good. I think you. I think you'd enjoy it. Okay. I think you'd enjoy I'll, it. I'll take your word for it. Uh, and also for those who are interested um, and who might have missed these movies last year, uh, you can see Russell Crowe's new film Unhinged that came out last September in the theater. That that's available on Amazon Prime right now. And you can also see the 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 you can also see the the pandemic centric film Songbird over on Hulu. Remember Ernesto? I saw that movie. It was like a, a online virtual screening, mm, and I right. told you how much I didn't really care for it. Well, mm. now you can have your own opinion on the movie Ernesto. <laughs> you can head over to Hulu on April sixteenth, watch the movie, tell me what you think about it, uh, or if anyone else had any interest of seeing the movie, go right ahead. It's there for you. Um, and so, yeah, those are just some of the highlights you can expect on your streaming services this month. As always, you can head over to our social media channels on Instagram, on Facebook, and even on TikTok. We'll tell you what's new to stream every Friday. If you're, if, if, if you're like, look, man, I don't know what to watch, then obviously you are not following Box Office Bingers. We are telling you what to watch every Friday, literally. We so got go it ahead. for you. We got it for you. you. There should be not a weekend where you do not know what to watch. And if you didn't like anything that's new, then maybe check out maybe last week's or something. Because I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I can't help you there. Yeah. Anyway, that's the news we have for you guys this week. Uh, so now we're going to move over to what you watch. And Sir Nestor, we're going to start with you. What have you been watching? Wow, that that felt very like I like the way you did like you let it in there. That was nice. Yeah, I like, I like <laughs> the way you. you did that. Uh, thank, um, you. thank you. So me and Edward are still powering through Voltron. How's it's, that? It's so good. I don't understand why. I don't. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> I've never been really an animation type person, but I don't know what it is about Japanese anime. It's it's. I think the I think the deep storytelling. I think that's where it gets me. I think Avatar was like the hook was like the bait it's like hey we got some stuff over here you might like like i don't know voltron is good i um but there's eight seasons so it is a little bit daunting but yeah it's it's a lot yeah but it but it's worth it like the action is good and actually like like that we're in season three now and like towards the the middle of season two i was like man this is getting kind of there's some stuff that's something needs to happen well then at the end of season two some shit happened okay okay <laughs> a lot of shit happened and, and like, in season right. three it left the team like disarray and they had to figure shit out and it's like i don't know it's cool man it's a cool it's a it's a really cool show for kids and i think you know it's just another one they got it's got a great story to tell and i'm kind of okay. I'm, I'm just very curious to see what the ending is going to be like right right but, We'll see when we get there. Um, well, it, also, it's, a, it's also good that you were able to watch this with with your kid. Like, there's not like a, you know, this feels sometimes you put on a TV. He's like, hey, you go watch it. But like, you actually get to watch it with your kids. That's that's something special. Yeah, I mean, because we like to watch TV, but it, like, I don't want to send them away. Like, I kind of like it, make it more of a us thing, you know? Yeah, he absolutely. likes to do it. And I like to do it. So let's let's find some common ground, and then like. You know, you think about it like when you watch a show with your significant other, like it just becomes a thing that y'all do together. 
Yeah, let's 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 all gather around this this square contraption and sit in silence and enjoy the content in front of us. Yeah, let's and get involved in the that. story. But then sometimes, yeah. you know, sometimes at the end, and it is a lot of times this happens with movies and stuff, or mainly with movies. Like we'll sit around and we just like we'll either talk about the story or we we kind of just get into like a conversation about things that have happened in it. It just it sparks some form of a conversation. Absolutely. And, that, and that's, I mean, obviously, we, we start this podcast based on just sparking conversations. Hey, <laughs> There it is. <laughs> there it is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's been great. Really looking, obviously, still looking forward to that. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's good, man. It's, um, I, I have a very different feeling, feeling towards it than I did with WandaVision. I felt of like course, WandaVision, yeah. I, I'm spending time, I was spending time figuring out, like, you know, like what the hell is really happening? This is—it's very clear what's happening, but now it's just kind of like a spy. It's like very much just a spy thriller, you know? Yeah, it's just kind of going through. Film, yeah, man. the espionage. Well, yeah. So it's good. Uh, I'm enjoying it. I think it's great. It's got great action. I love the little callback they did this past episode. Um, for a callback to Civil War when they get in the car and he's yep. like, "Are you not? Are you not going to move up your seat?" Nope. nope. Like I thought, I thought that was a cool little callback. I was like, oh look, yeah, uh, there you go. That was good. that was really funny. That was funny. Um, also, on a side note, there and I, I love, I love how this this whole thing started. Do you remember? And this is, I guess, a tiny spoilers for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode three. It's, I mean, not 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 a big one. Um, and we are gonna get into our spoiler review of the Falcon and Winter Soldier later in the month. So be sure to check that out. But Ernesto, do you remember when Zemo was dancing? Yes. And he had that that small little fist bump or whatever, and it was just a quick shot. It was just a quick yeah. shot, right? So, and that that's that's the only spoiler I'm going to give you. I don't really count that as a spoiler, but if you're curious if he dances, he does. And um, so apparently, um, people went all over for that. It became like the newest meme on social media. Yeah. yeah. And so apparently one of the directors, writers, or maybe, you know, the actor himself said, oh, yeah, no, there's there's definitely a longer version of that. And then <laughs> all of a sudden people are like, release the Zemo cut. Like they were instantly on that. I'm like, just to see him dance. Just to couple, see Zemo dance. Just to see a D- Z- Zemo dance. As of as of two hours ago, Ernesto, Marvel delivered. They no re- way. They delivered a 30-second clip of the, all of the footage of Zemo dancing. That is hilarious i saw it right before we press record and i can't believe that marvel did that so quickly do you have the link to that we, we can we'll we'll add that in so people can I, go, I, go found, I found i found it i i'm not i i saw it on their social media so like if you if you go under if you go on instagram and type in marvel studios i mean you look at you know zemo's face and he's like in a party scene uh it's 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 i i can't believe that they did it and it's such a good marketing tool. Like, we're going to listen to you, fans. And then also, here's what you asked for. I'm like, damn, take notes, Warner Brothers. Yeah, because you know what they're going to do? People are going to go, oh, that's so funny. I'm going to share this to all my friends. Yep. Oh, that's really funny. What's that from? Oh, maybe I should watch that show. Yep. Boom. Boom. <laughs> you know what it said at the end of it, though? It was like a nice little like cut. Like It was, nice. it was like only 30 seconds. And at the end of it, it said... The Falcon and Winter Soldier, now streaming on Disney Plus. Yeah, like go watch. You want go this? Watch. Go watch it. <laughs> and also look at that. Look at that quick fan service. I, I'm just saying, Warner Brothers. I'm just saying, take notes. You know, it took you it took you five years to release a Snyder cut. It took them two days to release a Zemo cut. I'm I'm that's I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Just saying. It didn't take them that long. 
Restore anyway, the I, Snyderverse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget. Don't um, forget. But yes, I'm also enjoying uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. All right. Uh, we, me and the wife, we finished that show Generation, the one I was telling you about oh, that's on right, HBO yeah. Max. Uh, we finished the first season. It was, it was, it's good. It was a great show. Um, I do like that a lot. I feels like a lot of the HBO Max shows are shorter. Like a lot of the shows that I've hopped, because I've I've got another uh, HBO show that I've hopped on this week, and each of the episodes have been like 30 minutes, very tight, concise story. Um, mm. So I started watching Search Party, which is recommended by Nick, who was on yeah. the show a couple weeks ago, um, and it's great. It's kind of it's good. It's an interesting show. It kind of shows like how one lie can turn into a spider web of lies, and like how it turns into this one big thing and really this one character i feel like she's having like a mini um breaking like breaking bad like oh she's having like a walter white character arc mm-hmm. like she started out naive and now she's like this stone cold crazy bitch like it's it's crazy interesting interesting yeah. uh it's good it's a good show you should you should check it out i think you might enjoy it okay um also, HBO Max, you can, it, I think we, we dropped it on new to streaming, uh, Made for Love. Yes. Made for Love series on HBO Max. Man, it's about this girl whose husband implants a chip in her brain. You know, her husband is like, he, uh, he owns this universe's, I guess, version of Google. They call it Goggle. It's like basically the same thing. Very funny. Yeah, yeah, very, very, very original. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, She's with this guy and he implants this stuff in her this thing in her brain where he literally she has no privacy. He can see everything she does. He can read all her vitals. He knows if she's been lying. Like Oh shit. Yeah, it's it's nuts. It's it's a it's pretty good. And it's another one. Like each episode is only like thirty minutes long and it's um you know, it's good. I'm like five or six ep- I'm six episodes in. It is six a, episodes already. Damn. Yeah. What is a little strange is that okay, so the main character I don't I don't know her name off the top of my head, but her father is played by Ray Romano, and his <laughs> his character his character is a little strange because he's dating um, a sex doll. He has a relationship with a sex doll. Like that's his oh, character. That's new. Yeah, that's yeah. a new it's, one. It's a very interesting dynamic, but it does play into the theme of the show. The show's obviously called Made for Love. Um, you kind of see that theme play out through all the different characters throughout the show. So I do think it's kind of interesting how they did that. Huh. Um, and the, I'm, I'm gonna butcher her name, but the, the lead, <laughs> I think it's Christian or Christine Maluda. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. Kristen Milato. Nope. I'm going to, I'm going to try. You gotta, you know, like, I mean, you go right ahead and give it a go. I, and you know me, I'm the worst. At least I try. I am the worst Christ, of Kristen Melati. Melati. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I'll take Mela Ati. Yeah. Mela Ati. Okay, yeah. There we sure. go. We, I believe she was also in Prom Springs. Yeah, she was. She, she was, was right. I yeah, she knew was she looked. I knew she looks familiar. Yeah. Yeah, this is another weird release model. Like you said, because you said, oh, I'm six episodes in. Like, what? This this show just came out last week. Yeah, Um, it just dropped. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, they released the first three, then the next three, um, you know, uh, just this week. 
and they're releasing two and then one. It's 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 a very weird release model. It's like we want to get you through. Like they want you to wait for it, but we're not going to drop it all at once. It's like I don't yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> um. Other than that, the rest of it has been like consuming the MonsterVerse of okay. Godzilla, the, the Godzilla collection of all four. God, I, I watched yes. all four all four films leading up to Godzilla versus Kong. All right, we'll talk about that in a little bit then. Um, and that's all you've been watching. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, Ernesto, I finished. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you mentioned it, but I I finished the Superstore finale, the series oh. finale. I also, I'm sorry, I also watched up to the penultimate. All I have left is the finale. Oh, you have just the final episode. Yeah. Okay, well then I won't say much here. We can talk about it, I guess, potentially next week. We will. We definitely will be be talking about it next week. I I will say, and then all I say is that I'm sad that it's over. It's, it's, I I I felt like. I still feel like they could have kept it going. They could have kept it going. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Like, as soon as it was done. I felt a little empty. It's like, ah, man, like you ended too, like, and it's six seasons, but like, I feel like you ended too soon. I really wish that we, uh, we had more time with it. Even, you know, you know, we talked about America Ferrera leaving the show and then obviously she came back for the finale. Um, Also the pet, also the penultimate episode and a scene in the episode before that. Yeah, exactly. So she was like, and so at the end of the day, if you're like kind of looking at, like, you know, if you're binging this series in the future, you would never know that she left the show. Yeah, because you would just re- say, like, oh, she was only gone for, like, three episodes, and then she came yeah. back for the end. Yeah, because really, like, she was in, like, I think the last season's 15 episodes, she was in the first two, and she's featured, or if not in the last three. So, really, you're only talking about 10 episodes in the middle there that she wasn't in, and that's not yeah. that big of a deal. And those 10 episodes were still pretty good. They're still good. Yeah, totally agree with that. Like, definitely held its own. Um, so, yeah, I uh, I totally it, – it's going to be a void for a little bit for me because I felt like it was a show that was consistently funny. Like, it was never – I never, like, felt – ah, that was a waste. I never felt that. Like, I think each episode was great. It always pushed the boundaries on social commentary. Um yeah, I'm I'm just sad that it's gone. I, I I hope I was hoping that maybe Hulu or or maybe a different streaming service will pick it up because I think it had legs. But you know what? I mean, everything must end at some point, and I'm just sad that this it's over because it felt like it had a lot of potential. But you know what's great is that this show is a great rewatch. Like yeah. I already know, I already know. Like it has very, it has like the Office vibes. Like you can literally, like I already plan. I'm gonna go back and probably rewatch the series, like as start to finish, and just yeah. intermittently throughout whenever. But it's like each episode holds its own. Like I just felt like e, there's not really a lull for me in that series. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I watched it week to week, so it's not like I ever did like a full binge on it. But like, and like you said, e- each week it, it brought like like it wasn't a show that I was also like like anticipating. So all of a sudden you're like, oh, you might have missed a week or two, but you're like, yeah. oh look look a new episode. Like you get yeah. happy all of a sudden. You're like, oh shit, yeah, hey look at that, a new episode. I'll watch it now. Like oh look we got like four episodes of Superstore to knock out and we just knock out we would just you knock, knock him out. out yeah <laughs> and and then like it's a nice pleasant surprise when you see that he's like oh shit all right cool tell I didn't even know it was back on the air I'm like, great that's yeah. great see um, we're gonna we're gonna want another sitcom that's gonna have to fill that hole I don't yes. know yes but I do agree with you that like because like working in retail almost everybody can relate to that whether oh, you yeah. worked in retail customer service 
anything revolving into like a like a, a grocery store, a Walmart type store, a Target, anything, it's all there. Like you know, no it everyone really can is. relate to that story. They kind of have the same thing. Like everyone can relate at working in an office. I feel like everyone can relate to working at a at a at some sort of customer service vibe, and it's hilarious what they do in there. So I'm gonna miss it. Um, I saw a documentary. It's available on Hulu called The Orange Years: The Nickelodeon Story. Mm. It it's the the rise of Nickelodeon in the nineteen like nineties. Nineties, or I think it was late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, that sounds about it, right. Yeah, and it's it's. And I think they stop once like. I, I think they stopped right before they kind of ended it with like you know the birth of spongebob and dora when they really exploded yeah. but they were kind of showing you like how they got to the point and they were talking about nickelodeon studios and uh, or universal orlando florida and it was such a nostalgic like because then they started talking about these shows and like they brought back the actors and the creators from the shows to talk about them at the time and like they give you the, like why orange, why slime, they answer all those questions, and it's like, man, that's just great. It was like an hour and a half of just like nostalgia filled stuff. They, you know, Keenan Thompson was there, there, and we was talking about all that, and you know, the Keenan and Kale show, and I was like, yeah, I love these shows growing up. Yeah, so, I mean, I, all that was basically SNL, a kids version of SNL. Yeah, absolutely. And they were talking about how much they were, like, pushing the boundaries on, like, things. They're kind of just modeled off of, like, we're making these for kids and not – basically, they just want to be, like, anti-Disney is what they were saying. Like, we want to do something for kids, but, like, the kids like that are, like, a little bit rambunctious and, like, we're not we're not about, you know, fairy tales and princesses. We're doing a little bit more, you know, edgier stuff over here on Nickelodeon. Yeah, really. That's really yeah. what it was. Mm-hmm. And so – and it gravitated. It gravitates to me. I love, I love watching Nickelodeon. Same. Um, I'm not sure what's on there now, but I don't think it's anything, uh, I don't <laughs> think it's like anything, but nothing like that. No. So I, de- if you, def- if you walked, if you grew up watching Nickelodeon, I recommend this documentary. The Orange Years is on Hulu. Um, and I also saw a couple of sci-fi flicks, Ernesto. Uh, this one came out a while ago. It was called In the Shadow of the Moon. It's on Netflix. Have you ever watched that? Mm-mm. No, it's a movie about, it's a little bit of time travel ish um it's really hard to explain but all i can tell you is that i it was like i wasn't expecting to like it as much as i did it was like one of those sci-fi time travel movies that and it's like also mixing detective and he's trying to find the murderer of this person but then this person keeps showing up like like nine years later and it has something to do with the moon i'm like i'm probably butchering the premise but in the Shadow of the Moon, it came out like a year and a half ago. I really enjoyed it. Um, a good sci-fi time travel movie. Definitely recommend watching that. And then I also saw a movie called Outside the Wire with um, Anthony Mackie. It just came out in February, January. I think it came out mid mid January of this year. And it's about how it, it had a really good start. And it's about how this guy who's a drone pilot. And, you know, he he's kind of surveying the situation and he needs to take down this 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 vehicle that's going to, you know, kill its surroundings. And basically, you know, and everyone down there and, and you have people on the ground be like, we need to save our men. But he's like, if I allow you to do that, then, you know, you, you guys are all going to die. If I if I shoot this missile, 
then only two of you are going to die instead of all of you. So it's kind of like, it's a difficult situation to do, but he felt no remorse when he hit that button and kind of, you know, um, uh, disobeyed orders. And he's like, I saved everyone's lives. And like, yeah, but that wasn't your call to make. They could have saved them, maybe, but we don't know. So, like, it kind of rides that morality line. And then they kind of put him into, like, this training program. That's when Anthony Mackie comes in and is, like, basically is training him to be more sympathetic. But then but then the movie takes a, a turn. And then it goes... I don't know what happened after that. But it was a weird turn that I'm like, you, what, what happened? You were doing so good. It's like, how did we get here? <laughs> how do we, like, I don't even know how we got here. Like, all of a sudden, like, you, the, the first half of the movie, like, we forgot that we even started it. And we had a whole different story at the end of it. So I was like, I was, I was like, I was really into it at the beginning. And then I was like, ah, uh, uh, never mind. All right. I, I, I guess it was, it was a movie that I saw. Um, okay. It was a yeah. thing that happened. <laughs> but like I do recommend people to see because they might have different opinions on it because I I was really into it and so maybe people might enjoy where it goes, but me personally I didn't really care for it. Um that's Outside the Wire on Netflix. And then I saw The Crudes and The Crudes New Age, A New Age. Dawn of a New Age or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, the the new the new Crudes movie. And so I got it from the library and so I I try to make those movies a priority because I have to actually return those. And so I was about to start the sequel, Ernesto, and then I was going to like pop up like a, a recap video. I'm like, I don't need to watch the first one, whatever. Um, and like, I can't, like, it's not that big. And then I was like, and then I was watching like a recap of something. I was like, ah, oh, man, I really don't remember anything. All right. <laughs> I was like, and I was like, it's only like an hour 30. All right. I'll, I'll watch the first one. And man, was that a good movie? Yeah, it's great. The, the Croods one, I was like, I was almost in tears at the end of it. I was like, well, hold up. Wait, hold, this movie came out 10 years ago. Wait a minute. How did I forget about this movie <laughs> so much? It was like I watched it for the first time again. And it was such a, like, I guess I must have liked it because I owned like, I owned the digital version of it. So mm-hmm. I was like, I must have liked it then. And I was like, even today, it still holds up, Ernesto. It still holds up. Do you remember The Croods? Do you remember watching it? Or? Uh kind of more or less not i don't really remember all of it but it was good i remember i liked it yeah there was like a really good emotional family draw to it uh that i wasn't expecting to come out of the movie when it reached it when it reached the end and i was like damn all right and there's also there's so many good like adult humor in there there's one that always kills me that uh nicholas cage he plays the father and i guess there's like this old lady who is his mother-in-law and so throughout the whole movie there's six of them. So every time he's like, you know, something happening, he's doing like a head count. He's like, one, two, three, four, five. And then he smiles. And like, then he hears his mother-in-law. He's like, ah, six. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it happens so many, so many times in the movie. And like, and then like, there was one thing that happened where he, like, there was like a saying and, and the, the old, and the, the, his mother-in-law was like, I would like, uh, if he had an idea, I'll I'll just drop dead right here and then he smiles and then he's like I and they're like all right I gotta find an idea I gotta do something like it, <laughs> it's so like it's so rude humor but it was pretty funny how they kept going back to that and like no one's gonna understand not liking your mother-in-law but <laughs> not, not these kids but it was funny yeah. for me 
Um, so yeah, it was like a nice, pleasant surprise to go back and rewatch the Croods. That and, and actually, I enjoyed it as much as I did. And then the sequel was, you know, it wasn't didn't have that heartfelt moment that the first one had, but it was still good. It was it was energetic. Um, it was always moving. The storyline was interesting. I think about halfway through the movie, a little bit, a little bit more than halfway, it kind of lost me on the climax. I think it did. It went like too cartoony for me. Like, like you, you mean know, the animated movie. Yes. Yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. It went, it went <laughs> like because some animated movies, yeah, like some animated movies, like they 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 kind of stay grounded, yeah, and like it really stays true to the message, and it's like it's like it's fun for kids, but also great for adults as well. And this one, I felt like it leaned more to the kids side about halfway through, mm. and I was like, uh, okay, like I'm not mad at it, but you know, I just wish it would have you know leaned more to the adult side like the first one did. So mm. I I enjoyed it. I actually wrote it off in the beginning. Like when the trailer came out, I don't think the trailer does this movie any justice, um, but it got good reviews, so I gave it a shot, and I was like, you know what, this wasn't bad, and I enjoyed it. Uh, and so, yeah, the, so the Croods, uh, I don't know where you can find them, but I saw them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, so there you go, that's all I've been watching. Alright, so now we're going to move over to our spoiler review of the Ultimate Showdown Godzilla versus Kong, and joining us for that review is our special guest, Brandon Hadnot. Thank you for returning to the show uh, and to talk about this movie. Thank you guys for having me. <clears throat> Appreciate it. Yes. Uh, so, uh, Brandon, we're going to start with you. I know Ernesto was was just telling us earlier in the show that he was doing a deep dive into the God the monster verse. So first, did you also kind of prep yourself for the monster verse leading into Godzilla, and then also your thoughts on Godzilla versus Kong? Um, I didn't really prep myself. Okay. <laughs> uh, I remember the uh, the movies like uh, you know Godzilla, and then um, you know Kong Skull Island, and then uh, you know Godzilla King of the Monsters, um, and then I watched uh, I actually just watched recently um, Godzilla versus Kong. And okay. yeah, that it was it was a uh, it was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, what, were, what were your thoughts? Um, it was it was fun, you know. Like I, I saw some critics saying like, oh, you know, like don't watch this movie if you want like a human connection and everything. And for me, for this one at least in particular, like I walked into it like, you know, I just kind of want to see two big old monsters fight each other and break stuff and all that kind of stuff. Although um, you know, for uh, King of the Monsters, I did enjoy uh, seeing um, uh, Millie Bobby Brown, uh, Eleven from uh, Stranger Things, and uh, Vera Miga, Vera Farmiga, yeah. um, and uh, the other guy um, have this kind of like family-centric thing that was going on with like their divorce issues and all that. It, it was interesting for that movie. Uh, but for Godzilla versus Kong, I kind of knew what I what I was getting into. I was getting into like a a sock and bopper match with a big old lizard and a big old ape, and yeah. I got what I came for. It was it was kind of weird on some cases where it was kind of like the the hollow earth thing. I don't know if that's like a part of the Godzilla lore or anything like that. That was just a little uh that was quite a uh, a twist, <clears throat> but it was interesting enough, and um, I really liked what they did for the. 20 seconds it lasted or whatever the um, fight between Godzilla and Mechagodzilla though mm. um, I thought that was really really cool how they did it uh, a little cheap 
Um, but, you know, for a first of its kind, I think, kind of movie uh, of this uh, at this level and this budget, um, I thought it was it was pretty fun. A lot okay. of stuff that could have been done better. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah but, you know. <laughs> and we'll, we'll probably dive into that a little bit later in our spoiler review. Ernesto, what were your thoughts? I know, like I said, you were kind of giving yourself a deep dive into the MonsterVerse. So what were your thoughts on Godzilla vs. Kong? Well, kind of just leading into that, like, because this is the first time I had seen, like I told you, I had seen, the only one I had seen beforehand is Kong Skull, Kong Skull Island. So, but now, you know, I watch Godzilla, I watch Skull Island, King of Monsters, and then Godzilla vs. Kong. So, just first, Godzilla, the first one, it, it was all right. Um, I thought there was a kind of, a, like, I felt like they spent too much time in the beginning dealing with Brian Cranston's wife dying like I understand that 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 set off his motivations but they could have cut it down and that that would that could have easily cut like 15 or 20 minutes off of that already two-hour film but it, yeah. it was good some of the monster action was pretty cool you know I didn't really expect a lot from that one I I think one of the strongest ones is Kong Skull Island like I don't oh, know yeah. what it is about yeah. that film like it's just so good, you know, that you got... First of all, you have, like, a really, really good cast. I mean, you got, like... You got John Goodman, Samuel Jackson, Brie Larson, um, Tom Hiddleston. Like, can't can't really go wrong. And it's, and it's right. the same thing. You got massive explosions, massive fights. Like, 30 minutes in, you got Kong um, bashing away the, the helicopters when they first entered Skull Island. And, like, that's that whole crazy scene, and... You know that the John C. Riley was just such a good comedic relief in that film. Um, you know, as a rewatch, it was great. Like, and I and I think it's one of my dad's like favorite movies because whenever he wants to check out <laughs> his sound system, he always puts that specifically that movie on the scene, and then he goes specifically to the scene where the the skull crusher, crushers come out um, for, in that in that um, that field with events. You know, yeah. he's like, God, oh, this is a scene. I gotta check, make check all my settings, cause, I mean, you, it's just that scene's like all over the place. Like, it's it's a it's a great scene. That is so funny that your dad has the one movie he goes for the sound check. For me, it's Captain America: Civil War when they're starting, and there's <laughs> so much going on, and I'm like, like right when like they do that, the you know, they're, they're like you know the big fight there mm-hmm. and i and i and i always put that scene on and i just let it play out and i was like yeah okay like, all right the the shield I'm like okay i heard it on that speaker and that speaker so we're good there the music <laughs> is really loud the bass is good over there and like i, I think it's so funny that like oh we got to test the sound that's the movie we got to put on that movie right there it's so we're funny ready to go. we're ready to go now <laughs> yeah, yeah. all right I, it, it it got the stamp of a captain america civil war approval and with your dad it's like it has the stamp of kong skull island so we're yeah we can, we're we good can to watch go. future movie now. um but that's so, so funny that that your dad does that also the reason why kong skull island is different uh it's just because it's better filmmaking that's why it's just yeah, it's obviously. a far superior movie <laughs> yes. a, but go so it really is it really is yes, like start is. start to finish um then moving on to Godzilla King of Monsters, it was cheesy at points. Like, like I love, I did like I, I know Brandon, you mentioned that storyline with the divorce. I just felt like it was just so <laughs> like a left field turn. Like, all right, you were bad, and now now you helping us. Like, like right. what are you doing? Like, it, did, you, <laughs> did you sacrifice yourself? Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was. But the monster action in that film was a hundred percent on point. Like yes. when Godzilla rips his head off 
and then eats his eats his head and as he's eating his head he does like that like that that his like laser shot out of his mouth and like yeah, burns yeah. him. That was pretty awesome. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, it, it doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> but like, I will say, leading into Godzilla, leading into this film, I am I am glad that I watched all the other films because I do feel that it gave me like added knowledge, like finding out that the skull, the skull that they that they controlled Mecha Godzilla from, was the skull from the previous movie, and then obviously mm-hmm. Kong from Skull Island. Um, there's not. I feel like there's not too much connection between the first fl- the first film and the rest of the series, just for the mere fact that, hey, this is how Godzilla started. <laughs> like, this yeah, is how right. this is how he, this is his origin story. Like everything else, I felt like it's completely brand new. Like we didn't get any callbacks from the first from anybody in the first film, but here you get Kyle Chandler and Millie Bobby Brown back again for this one. Yeah. Although we didn't we didn't see anybody from Kong Skull Island like maybe like an old Brie Larson or an old Tom Middleston maybe like executives and monarch and so, or something I did read in an article from Looper that kind of the whole thing is like big unanswered questions and one of those they talk about like characters that were missing and kind of just different plot points throughout the movie like in case you didn't figure it out in the film here's what we think happened um, mm-hmm. it was pretty interesting I'm going to link that one in the description but now leading into Godzilla versus Kong I mean right in the beginning you get Grandpa Kong in containment <laughs> I felt like you know what it felt like it felt like old man Logan but Kong style like yeah. <laughs> it's old man Kong old like, man Kong <laughs> like he's just walking around He's like talking to that little girl. You know, we find out that that the village people that he was protecting, they were all killed except for this one little girl. You know, he just gets a tree, turns it into a spear, and just launches it at the ceiling. Like, it's like, get me out of this hole. Like, I know this is fake. It, I don't know. I thought it was cool, like a cool way to bring him back. And you see all his old battle scars that he got from the first film. Um, yeah, I mean, you get the premise. You get the premise early that you know they're supposed to fight. They're supposed to be this mythic battle between them. Uh, but it was pretty evident in the beginning that that they were gonna fight. They were gonna do like a Batman versus Superman. Like you know, they were gonna fight and then come together. But at the end of the day, when you look at who won, Godzilla won. He beat yes. ass. He, yeah, he I stomped mean... his chest. <laughs> <laughs> and then, as I played in the beginning, that one scene. Uh, Brandon, as I, I opened the show with the, yeah. the soundbite of Godzilla screaming in Kong's face <laughs> after he had just basically stopped his heart with his foot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> basically yeah. stomping him out and screaming his face. But if he hadn't let him live, he wouldn't have been able to beat Mechagodzilla because yeah, Kong, Mechagodzilla Kong was... messed him up. Yeah. <laughs> Although, what was, and what was that axe made out of? I felt like it was maybe a One shard of, um, of Godzilla's, Godzilla's things, right? That's yeah. what I thought. That, that's yeah. kind of where I was getting it from. Because they fought the before. Things, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Where his ancestors has fought before, but yes. Yeah. But you know what? I like. I kind of wish I would have gotten like maybe like a two minute clip of the axe being made, like maybe yeah. like like an old school Kong ripping it off an, an older Godzilla, just to kind of show like maybe their previous battles or maybe maybe there should have been some kind of exposition just kind of detailing the the mythic rivalry between them two like you know mm-hmm. shown through hieroglyphics or like somebody could have been explaining it when they went to kong's home and they could have talked about mm-hmm. it. i don't know they've there's a couple like of the beginning things. of black panther um they could yes. have done like a quick little cg sequence uh, you know saying like oh they fought before and then 
one of Godzilla's or whoever their ancestors are, you know, getting snapped off the spine and exactly. making that axe. Yeah, like like a little quick, that would have been good. I mean, overall, I think it was a great movie series. I think, obviously, the king out of all four films for me is Kong Skull Island. And then I would put probably put Godzilla vs. Kong immediately after then King of Monsters, and then the original Godzilla. So almost yeah. in reverse, just putting Kong Skull Island at the very top. Um, I like seeing Tyree Henry Brown. Uh, this uh, is Brian the first Tyree here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> um, um, I recognize him from Atlanta. Like He's, he's hilarious. Yeah. It was, he was a great addition to the film. Um, I didn't even notice that it had an hour 53 runtime. It didn't really feel like it dragged. Like It was cool. It was a yeah. cool CGI film. You know, I don't know. Overall, it was great. What about you, Matt? Yes, yeah, so I, I feel like I need two different hats on. I have the one side that'd be like, Matt, don't think about the story. You got big monsters on the screen. Don't yeah. worry about that's it. Where I was coming, that's where I was coming from, obviously. Yeah, yeah me too. The other side is like, but if you look at the story, a lot of it doesn't make much sense. Yeah, it's Maybe, pretty ridiculous. Well, I mean, now, that being said, the story is definitely, it's not, it's not hard to figure out the story. You're just kind of wishing, all right, if I am given one, can you please just, you know, explain a few things for me? I'm, I'm not asking for much. Um, I will say that the biggest flaw with all of these movies is that it's not interconnected. So when a we, bit. It, it, it's it, uh, just a tiny bit. But like, you watch Godzilla, and I feel like you don't really need much pretense to get into Godzilla, the King of Monsters. You watch Skull, Kong Skull Island, the movie based in the 70s. That has nothing to do with the other movies. And then you can walk into Godzilla vs. Kong and not really need to see that movie because there's not there's not a lot of direct ties. The only the main through line is that Kong is on Skull Island. Uh, Monarch is still you know there. The government's still bad. They wants to kill them. It's like, I, I, yeah. So like that. I just wish that these movies had a through line. That I can well, the whole Mechagodzilla thing—that's like a main plotline in this one, and that—but that's a direct connection to Godzilla King of Monsters. Yeah, but you don't need to watch Godzilla King of Monsters to figure they just took a dead monster's head to make this movie. Done. Okay. You don't need that's the fair. pretense. You, you and don't it, need. And that's fair. And they do—they do, they do kind of talk about it when they're there in that room. They're like, exactly, "Hey, this is yeah. this thing that he fought, and this is how they were connected." That—that's fair. That's a good point. And so, like, if we had these, and then, and then the other side, if we're not looking at big monsters, we're forced to like follow these these humans, and it's hard to care for them if you keep changing them in every movie. Like, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> and so, like, even the next one, like, okay, great, you brought back uh, Millie Bobby Brown. What does she do? Nothing. She did. <laughs> you can take her whole story, and give it you know it doesn't need to be there because she didn't provide anything useful she went on a uh, on a on a little adventure with um what i'm sorry what was his name again kid from deadpool the kid from deadpool yes <laughs> and the the guy from atlanta what was his name uh brian tyree henry henry yeah. yes yeah so but they that... but the, no well they they threw the liquor on the on the control board for Mechagodzilla. Mecha <laughs> they yeah. slowed him down so that ridiculous. so that Kong could chop him up. Absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Stupid. That's this quantum but, computing but, but, okay, required. Okay, <laughs> okay, but are we really like breaking down the specifics about uh, uh, 
a <laughs> nuclear lizard <laughs> that shoots lasers out of his mouth and a big monkey that can destroy shit. <laughs> Ernesto, I'm taking... I, this is, this are you is really going to battle logistics? Like, oh, how are they going to stop Mechagodzilla? Are you are you talking about this thing oh, uh, that they uh, got from uh, an hold, energy hold, source from the center hold of the on, earth? Hold on, hold on. Yeah, I, yeah let's, I, talk on, about the, let's talk yeah, about all that. I, we will, we will, because I can <laughs> I can believe a lot of things, Ernesto, but you're telling me that liquor, like just throwing water on a computer is going to break, like slow down this big-ass monster? If you want to slow him, just, just, just have Kong, King, just Kong, not King Kong, but have Kong just destroy him. We don't need the computer scene. We don't need it at all because the guy. They the, needed the it to from, slow him down because that one they quick did, second they did was not, what Kong needed to no. chop him up. <laughs> I mean, I know what My I know thing, what the movie. Go ahead, Brandon. Sorry, one thing is just that, like, it, in the movie, didn't Mechagodzilla just become like autonomous because yes. of the skull or so? It's just it's like energy source. Like, if he's autonomous and he's controlling himself, then why is a cup of liquor going to be the thing that takes him down? That is... That's a good point. I actually that's forgot the about the autonomy. That's the only thing that made me mad. That, that's true. That's, but, that's a yeah, good like, point. But also, like, you're going to rush over to the computer and, like, okay, and you're not even, like, a super hacker. The kid just runs and be like, let me try to guess the password. <laughs> what? What? Well, what makes right. you think you gotta guess that? Right. <laughs> guess the password. First try. And, and then it say say if the movie figured it out, right? Maybe he saw the password, a sticky note underneath the table, whatever. Quirky. Right? Then then what are you gonna do? Like you, you just you it took you this long to figure out the password, let alone like I'm tech savvy. I'm gonna try to figure this shit out. All I'm saying, Ernesto, is that Millie Bobby Brown and and her team of Mitfits did not need to be in that movie. I'm sorry, Billy Billy Chandler. What was his name? Kyle Kyle, Kyle Chandler. He I liked him in King of Monsters. He did not need to be in this movie. He, well, he served. Didn't, he didn't do any. He didn't do anything in this movie. Zero purpose. Was he like the defibrillator guy? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. no, that's Alexander Skarsgård. That's, yeah. that's uh, the guy from. Oh, right. He was uh, Millie Bobby Brown's father. Yeah. That oh, was a, yeah. a. He had a huge role in King of Monsters. And a sliver of a room. He was under and, a triage the whole time. And yes. <laughs> wasn't he? Wait, wasn't Alexander Skarsgård's character? Wasn't he working for Apex to yeah. get no. them to that energy source? I don't think. I don't think so. He was. Well, yes, yes. In the movie, they he kind of. He's like, I want to get to Hollow Earth. You have the technology. We'll work together. Yeah, like, or hmm. you you have the skills. But he knew to that they there. were going. He knew that they were going there to get the energy source because that was part of the selling point. We're like, well, I need he was you he was never surprised. Kong. Rebecca really? Hall's character was surprised. He didn't. See, he I, never I felt like he was like, oh, how could you do that? He was immediately or like yeah. immediately like he jumped ship to help the other side. It's like what? Like, you, did you forget? You're the one who brought us here. <laughs> like, you're the one who brought us all together. Right. <laughs> I, I will say that I mean, now. There's a there's a lot I can go on and on about the there's problems a, I, mean, I have. There's with a this lot movie. that we can yes. pick. There's a lot <laughs> yes. that we can pick apart. Yes, but what was very thrilling to see was that our our two main the reason why we came to see this movie, Godzilla versus Kong, and if just based on the title, I believe they delivered on giving us great action yeah, when it was we there. Got, we got several fight scenes. We didn't just get we didn't get a lead up to one big fight scene. We got like two, almost three major fights from them. You had the one in like the, the water <laughs> when they first got to Tokyo, when he like blasts his home, and then Kong climbs up and they first fight, and then Godzilla beats him. 
and then you take a break, and then you get the three-way battle between Mechagodzilla, Kong, and Godzilla. Yeah, with the first one being on the boat, right. Yeah, yeah. so, like, also, I mean, again, a little bit, I'm um, going back to the nitpicking side, why, how did how did Godzilla know where Kong was? Doesn't matter. Why were they containing him? Uh, it, I think they briefly mentioned that uh, Skull Island was um, uh, becoming, um, what's it called, uh, unstable. Kong, Skull Island was becoming unstable, so they have Kong in this containment. And well, well, remember, Godzilla could always sense, he can sense where the other apex, where the other monsters, or we, he can sense the titans. He can sense oh. another. He can sense other predators. But That's not why within he was the a, containment. No, because Skull Island was surrounded by that by that massive storm. Like you couldn't even you couldn't even barely get in there. He he's been protected there the whole time. All right, I'll give you that. That's fine. And and then now the second question that I have is why are they fighting in the first place? Aside from the fact that they did it in the past. Because they're apex predators, and there can't be two apex predators. So they naturally they want to naturally they want to they want one of them wants to reign supreme, and they they can't have both. All right, I'll give you that too. I'm sorry, I was so hostile. <laughs> no, 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 be, no. Yeah. But they kind. I mean, they these are things that they you may have missed it, but they did they did like kind of quickly brush over. Right, and, 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 and I, I in one and of I, the films, I don't even remember yeah. which one. It may have and been I, one of the other ones. And I feel like that's again that's the problem. These films. They, they give you maybe information you may or may not need. They give you stories you may or may not need. But, like, all in there, it's, it's explained somehow. But, like, it's not, it's not clear when you're walking into any of these movies what the true nature of it all is. Um, but I guess if you ignore that and if you're just looking at, you know, the two monsters fighting... I will say this, uh, Brandon. I w- had the, I was fortunate enough to go watch it in the theater. I saw Godzilla vs Kong in IMAX. Um, I, I wasn't planning on it, but I really wanted to see big monsters on a big screen. Yeah. And it was like 30 minutes before showtime, and I was like, oh, there's only like 10 people in there. I was like, all right, shit. It, and then we we just we just walked out of the house and went, because like, I really wanted <laughs> to see it in the in the in the theater. So I, I will say that you know it gave me a cinematic experience. Of you know enjoying a movie in the theater, which I loved, and like you know hearing those monsters roar in an IMAX theater is like yeah I don't I don't even know what the story I don't, did you you know what we know what's going on I don't <laughs> doesn't care. matter it, it doesn't, right. doesn't matter they go roar they go roar let's go round two let's do this <laughs> um, so that was great like cinematically it was like a good movie turn off your brain eat some popcorn let's enjoy a movie that's you know a little under two hours. Uh, but then when you start thinking about it, that's when you start getting a little frustrated. Um, but then I saw the movie again at home, and some things, some things we were able to clear up. Um, but yeah, the the obviously the stuff on the boat was great. Uh, that was great, intense fighting. I really enjoyed the showdown in uh, was it Hong Kong or Tokyo? Tokyo. I it was Tokyo. Japan. I feel like it was in Japan. One of the places. I yeah, one of the two. They you know wherever their showdown was. The neon lights was great. He had the axe in his hand. He was able to go, you know, to that area. Um, I just think that, like, the way that they shot that and the way that they were fighting, it just felt like, it, it just felt like really grand and cinematic. Like it was very fluid. Like it, I felt like it wasn't like clunky or anything. They were like they're both ready to go. And like especially Kong, he's like literally like using the building as a backboard to like punch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to punch him and then like even like he's like climbing on buildings and like he just quickly grabbed the axe like it's no one's business like oh here it is 
Boom. Also doing like some quick thinking. Like he grabbed like that little mm-hmm. cement disc thing. And he was like using it as like Captain America's shield when he tried oh, to shoot yeah. him again. Seriously. And I, thought, I actually thought he was going to like, like, like Olympic throw it out. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody it's made there. a meme where Godzilla had like an AR-15 or something like that. It was just so cinematic to watch. And then obviously, like, I mean, I feel like these kind of movies are kind of predictable in a way where like, yeah, obviously they're both not going to die. The, the trailer said someone's going to win, and they did make that promise. You know, someone, you know, Godzilla won that battle. Fair and, you know, fair, not fair and square, but like, he won. People are and, still debating. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't feel like it's I, up for debate. It's not up for debate. Either. There was a clear sign of defeat. I <laughs> yeah. totally agree with that. Look, the, like the he, humans ha- actually had to bring Kong back to life. <laughs> yes. Like, they, like, had to ship into a defibrillator. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they def- they, def- they <laughs> jump started his heart. Like, <laughs> I don't know if that's like a sign of like you know. I I think he won that battle. You know what I yeah. mean? Oh, and, and then, then he, like and then he popped his shoulder back into place to go. <laughs> oh yeah, out. like so, lethal weapon. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> 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 like he he lost. Okay, no, he get over it. <laughs> it was so great. Like just him doing that. Like he's like oh building. <clears throat> All right, here we go. <clears throat> back. But also, <laughs> also like again, how they shot that. Like he banged his shoulder, and then like they zoomed in on him like really quickly, and like he was like ready, like in a like in a, like his fist up ready to go, like boom. And I was like, he's like, yeah, I don't know what you're about to happen, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's it's do hard. that. <laughs> um, but then obviously, like you know, they they kind of team up together to fight Mecha Godzilla, and obviously, uh, Godzilla was getting his ass beat by by the robot. And yeah, then they they had that like mess up pretty like, bad, and they had that awesome. so hard. And then they had that awesome like you know you know Godzilla uses his breath or whatever to hit the sword to give it energy so mm-hmm. Kong can beat that robot ass. It was fantastic. <laughs> he was just like chop chop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ernesto, I think you got so excited we we just we we lost your mic there. Yeah, we, you, <laughs> did. Chop, you, chop, you actually did. did. You actually did. I, <laughs> I was like, chop, chop, chop. I chopped my mic off. You chopped your mic off. That's insane. <laughs> but yeah, those cuts to when like uh, Kong could see Godzilla getting that two piece and a biscuit from Mecha Godzilla, <laughs> I was crying. <laughs> it's like, oh, I bet you wish you didn't beat me up so hard now, huh? How do right. you <laughs> Aren't you glad I'm alive now? Thanks to humans, right. I got some spaceship defibrillator to help me out. It's like he cautiously waited a second, like, you know what, I'm just going to see how this goes. <laughs> like, look who's so I'm tough let, now. It's like, oh, yeah, it's like, I'm going to let you get a couple more hits in. But I did, it was interesting, they finally had, like, missiles and bombs that were finally able to pierce his skin. That's, oh, the, yeah. first time, that's the first time they hit him with a missile, and you, you can actually see it charring, like, mm-hmm. his skin. Yeah. Uh, well, Brandon, I have to ask you, like, how do, as being a... Uh, digital artists like how did you feel about the cgi in this film it, okay so there's a whole uh video that the guys at corridor digital did which is a great video um on like what makes like bad cgi and everything because it's like i will always feel for these people who like are the artists behind it and they have like very little time most of the time to like make all this stuff happen um, and I think I, I don't really know how much of this project was like work from home, right? Like I don't know if these people were like in their own houses having to use the computer that they had to to kind of like process these images. But I 
this was like really not it didn't do it for me like cgi wise and like vfx wise there are some really great shots in there like uh there's some beautiful moments that happen uh when they are uh, fighting on the aircraft carrier uh like i thought that that was done really well um i thought that the fight in tokyo was beautiful uh, but when it got to little parts like when they finally discovered Mecha Godzilla, like he made his entrance in that like battle room or whatever, mm-hmm. the backgrounds uh, were like so obviously like oh this is like bad, like uh, and no offense to the artists and everything, and I know that it doesn't mean anything to say that now <laughs> that I'm trashing the CGI, but it's like when when I can tell very easily that these actors are just sitting in a sound stage and there's like no wonder to the background or anything and like the depth perception is not really even there it's just kind of like ah uh, you know it, it just kind of takes me out of my immersion and then when Mechagodzilla came on there beautiful model by the way and I've, I've been following the guy who's done the concept artwork for it and everything I thought that Mechagodzilla's design was dope but there were even some times where it kind of looks like Power Rangers ish um, I can see that. Uh, yeah, but, you know, overall, I wouldn't give it, like, a bad grade in CGI. There were just some moments where I was just like, <sighs> but, you know, favorite, absolute favorite was Tokyo. Yes. I thought that they did, they killed well, it with that. The only reason why I asked is because, like, we are going to be more, just by, on, off rip, you know, like, we're going to be more forgiving because we don't have the eye for it like you mm-hmm. do. Like, you're going to see things that other people are gonna, aren't going going to notice. But that you did bring up a really good point that I did know. There was a point where uh, Millie Bobby Brown and her team, where they're, when they're in that room and they're running, I don't know if they're running from the Skull Crushers. I think it's when the Skull it, it Crushers being involved. Skull crusher. And they were running yeah. across, and you brought that up, and I go, man, that's true. At that point, I could... <laughs> I do remember thinking at one point in the film that I could see that they were running in front of a screen or something. Mm-hmm. I could, you could, you could tell. But you know, overall, overall, I thought it was good too. I, I, I yeah. agree. And don't get me wrong. Like I think uh, ILM worked on this film, and they do some like amazing work. Like they worked on a lot of stuff. They were they worked on Kong Skull Island, and that they, they I loved the VFX on that one. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so I don't really know. <laughs> I, I, I hope that they didn't experience like crunch like uh, like video game um, developers do where like they have very little time to do like these grandiose things because that happened with Black Panther like um, everybody craps on the CGI of Black Panther but those guys had like very little time to push out like the do. best thing that they could do yeah, yeah. so that's that <laughs> I didn't, but you know I actually I liked, I liked Black Panther CGI I don't remember me too that. Yeah. So many people though, like so many blogs and so many videos and on YouTube and everything, like, oh, this has like PS2 graphics things. Like, the the guys had like six months to like basically redo everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny because that being said, like with the pandemic, a lot of these movies are being delayed. So at this point, it's like all these future movies better be on point. Like you got you got a lot of time now, right? Right. Um, but Brandon, I know you're a big sci-fi guy, so like. What were your thoughts on Hollow Earth and like how they, you know, uh, it kind of like where these monsters kind of came from and that kind of sci-fi element that they brought into the movie? Because me personally, that I mean, I mean, honestly, the whole Kong storyline was the one that was keeping this movie alive for me. That was the one that I was hooked on. You know, I was, you know, seeing Kong find a new home and him just, you know, him even, you know, going into his throne and like even the way that they got into Hollow Earth, I thought it was like 
kind of cinematically like I, I loved how the spaceship looked and everything. I thought mm-hmm. I thought it was just it was like it was just a cool design on the spaceship, how Hollow Earth looked. What, what were your thoughts on that aspect of the film? Um, like I think the best sci-fi is rooted in science, um, and most of the time. So I was kind of taken like out when like they got down there, and if I remember correctly, like there was like an atmosphere and uh, I think a sun or something yeah. like there's, yeah. and I was just like, how does that work out? You know, like you just went below the mantle of the earth and everything like that. And, but then again, it was like, okay, you know, they did go through some kind of like portal or whatever. So I don't know if that was like another dimension or something, or if it was really them going into the earth and they were still on earth or I don't know how any of that stuff was working. But, you know, as far as sci-fi goes, I do feel like, you know, um, in terms of like taking up the creativity, yeah, it was, it was a creative idea. Do I think that they could have done like a little bit better yeah, um, and I know that it's not supposed to be like interstellar or anything, um, but when they got down there, I was like, oh, you know, this is, this is, uh, you know, all right. I did like what they did with the gravity, though, when they got to like the Nexus or whatever, and like stuff just started getting a little bit weird. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought that that was pretty cool, because that is something that I could see happening, um, uh, if that was a thing, uh, but yeah, you know, it was... It was kind of one of those things where I was like, all right, you know, this is a little cheesy, but I'll allow it. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny that you mentioned, like, they went through a portal because, like, really, I thought it was a really big coincidence that Kong's throne in Hollowed Earth was right where Godzilla was in Tokyo or Hong Kong. And all you had to do was just, like, fire beam down. And then he's like, oh, there you are, Kong. Where'd you go? Where have you been? And then, like, I'm like, I'm sorry, where was the portal then? Did you have to go through a portal to go back up? Or did Godzilla's fire beam just like, eh, forget a portal. Just kind of walk back up. We're just fine here. Um, I understand, like, Godzilla was searching Mecha Godzilla. I, I get all that. That's why he was in Tokyo. But, like, what are the odds, man, that your throne is right right where that spot is, well, too? I think, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was, I was going to say, like, uh, one thing that I think might have gone into the design detail is, like, I think that, like, the, the deepest trench on the Earth is, like, offshore Japan or something like that, like the Mariana Trench or something. Yeah. Um, and that um, I thought that he, Godzilla, went there in a reactionary kind of move to uh, get Mechagodzilla and because he knew that Kong's um, lair would be down there. Um, because, like, you guys said it before, like, he could sense the other Titans, so I thought that he was going there to, you know, like, try to, um, preemptively strike down Mega Godzilla, but then also just like, well, since I'm here, <laughs> let me pick up the eggs and fry so he, King Kong's <laughs> base. So he, so he knew it was a two-for-one deal, then. He That's knew what that I was thought. A, he, see, I, there's a lot of coincidence there, Ernesto. I took, see, I took that as, he was there for Mega Godzilla, because yes. Mega Godzilla had come online. But then he didn't stop until Kong picked up it, once he activated the axe. Mm. But I think, you know, he was like, all right. I mean, he's shooting to the center of the earth. So maybe he's like, all right, that's a good angle. I can just shoot center, <laughs> somewhere in the center in there, and I can shoot down and get to it. I, I would love to, I love, like, giving me, like, five more minutes of him trying to figure out the logistics. I'm like, oh, like all right, so five I'm more minutes, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> No, not he right pulls here. out a power drill and yeah, yeah. primer. <laughs> he gets like a measuring tape out. I was like, huh, no, it's two inches more this way. No, I think. It's like, I, it's hold right on, let here. me knock this building down right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's right this is the yep. spot. I His little arms on a jackhammer. Yeah. <laughs> 
that's the spot right there. Um, but yeah, I think it also just goes to show that like, with everything being considered, like the the human element of the movie doesn't really matter. I mean, we're you're here for the monsters, but if we're given an element, a human element, I just wish that I wish I just cared more. You know, I know we're talking about logistics of the monsters, but also like they're giving us a human through line, and we're also not we're not given much. And I think the biggest heart of the movie was the little girl for Kong. Obviously, yes. like she had oh, the yeah. deepest connection with him. I, I thought it was a great reveal that he knew sign language and he was able yes. to understand her. That was, that was great. I actually really liked that. was a good part of this. That was a good storyline they added in there. Yeah. And also the little girl in the film, she's actually deaf in real life. I saw her doing an interview uh, for, I think it was Fandango or Rotten Tomatoes. And I was like, oh my God, she's deaf because there was like an interpreter there kind of like, um, you know, speaking on her behalf as she was signing. And that was really cool that they decided to reach out and actually find somebody who was deaf for the role instead of, you know, you know, just acting it. Um, yeah. So that was a really cool element they added to the movie. But after that, they really didn't have any human characters that um, really I was able to, like, connect with. So um, with that, I, I just, like I said, kind of giving, like, my final thoughts on the movie... I, I love the action. It was great, and I can easily, if I want to go back and just watch pure monsters duke it out, this is the movie to watch. Like I can, like I've seen it twice now, and like I am saying a lot of negative things about it, but also at the same time, I'm like I will watch it again. Like it was a fun yeah, movie to watch. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like also Kong was in the movie. Like it was. Def- I feel like it was more Kong's movie featuring Godzilla because they really focused on him like two thirds of the time. And Godzilla about a third of the time as he's like hunting him down. Yes. But with even even with that, like I would still watch this movie again and be just as happy, just because of the it's, it's like you're you're just putting this stuff on the screen. So yes, there were a lot of problems, but I I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed seeing two monsters go head to head, and you can't that that will never get old. As, as yeah. if you like if you like this stuff, uh, Brandon. What are your final thoughts on the on the film? Definitely, uh, like just like you said, you know, even though there are a lot of obvious flaws and everything, like it was definitely entertaining and fun uh, to watch. Um, it's one of those. It's for me. It's kind of just like Transformers. You know, like um, they they tried to add the human element in Transformers, and they tried to make it a little bit more anthropomorphic and whatnot, or centered around like you know the what it is to be human but in the sense through the lens of like these these robots <laughs> um and they they try to do that with uh, Godzilla versus Kong and in a way it worked and in a lot of ways it didn't <laughs> um but uh you know I, I definitely agree that him and the girl um uh, who was doing sign language were definitely the heart of the film and it could have just been those two <laughs> in there and that would have been all of the weight that they needed for that kind of thing but yeah I I definitely want more I don't want them to stop uh, making movies like this because I think it, there's a place for this kind of thing and uh, you know even though Godzilla defeated like half the roster already on his own um, I would love to see them either duke it out again kind of like a Goku and Vegeta thing like yeah they've teamed up but you know like you know that once Kong gets that Majin mark on his forehead it's going down <laughs> you know I would, I would love that kind of thing you know where like the playing uh the uh, playing field got leveled and, and everything and yeah uh, direction wise sure uh you know the performances sure the <laughs> the fun the action boom up here for me i liked it 
Yeah, and you make a good point. Like, the acting wasn't bad. It's just, like, mm-hmm. the story was the flaw. But, like, everyone did fine in the movie. We're not complaining about that. They did fine, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's funny you also mentioned about the sequel there, uh, Brandon. Like, you'll love to see more of these movies. The director came out in an interview and said, like, if he were to make more of these movies. And um, and he said, if there were a sequel, we're going to be we're gonna get less of a human storyline and more of a hyper-realistic animated movie kind of vibe. So, mm-hmm. like... And, and hey, hey, I'm all for that. Less humans, yeah. more monsters. That's what we're here for, right? Definitely. Um, Ernesto, what were your final thoughts on the film? Um, I thought it was great. I mean, honestly, you could do without Godzilla and Godzilla King of Monsters. Like, maybe you just watch it just for that last final battle scene between Ghidorah and Godzilla. But other than that, you don't really need... You can get the full encompassing MonsterVerse storyline between Skull Island and Godzilla vs. Kong. But, I mean... There's surface-level movies. There's not a whole lot of depth, which is fine. It's great. You can turn your brain off, just jump into this world, and enjoy a monster movie. That's like You literally get exactly what you signed up for. It's a yeah. pure escapist movie. Yeah. It's, it's exact, it's, it served its intended purpose. I'm here for it. I'd watch it again. I definitely would watch this movie again. Absolutely. Um, and so there you go, guys. That is our spoiler review of Godzilla vs. Kong. At the moment, you can watch on HBO Max, or you can head to the theater. It's available there as well. Brandon, thank you for joining us for, yeah, for, for talking back. about thank Godzilla vs. Kong. Thank you, guys, for your mercy. It, yeah. <laughs> um, if anybody wants to find you, or you can even plug real quick what you've been working on and where can they find you on your future work. Yeah, um, I have been working on mainly just getting back into writing and stuff like that, so hopefully uh, look out for some short films that I might be able to put out there just for fun towards the waning down of this pandemic. My website is brandonhadnot.com. Currently working for Triller as a UI UX designer. Uh, A lot of exciting things happening there, so check out the uh, Triller Fight Club stuff and Triller Versus. Uh, Lots of great, fun performances going on there. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Brandon, uh, thank, I mean, it sounds like you're a busy guy. Also, we know you're getting married, so congratulations yes. on that. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so, I mean, after all this time, you're like, you know, you're trying to squeeze in this podcast, and you you got a wedding to worry about, bro. Like, you, <laughs> you, you yeah. figure, figure that stuff out. But thank you for, you know, taking out some time to joining us and talking about the movie. Um, if you want more from us, you can always head over to our social media channels on Instagram at boxoffice underscore bingers, Facebook, and TikTok at box office bingers the movie conversation doesn't end here it lives on on our social media channels you want to be sure to check that out uh ernesto tell the people next week or tell the people who are listening now what we are reviewing for next week well matt it's just going to be me and you and we are reviewing kind of like an apple tv plus exclusive (laughs) pretty much We're, we're reviewing palmer Justin Timberlake's film and Tom Holland's new film, Cherry. Cherry. I'm yeah. really, yes. really excited to talk about both of these films. I've heard really so many good things about both films. So obviously next week I can't wait to dive into both of those. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. So if you have Apple TV Plus and you want to, you know, kind of be involved in the conversation, go ahead, watch Palmer, watch Cherry. We're going to be doing the same thing. And we'll be back next week to talk about both of those films. So, Brandon, again, thank you for joining us this week uh, and talking about Godzilla vs. Kong. I really do My appreciate pleasure. you stopping by. And uh, that's it. That's all the show we have for you guys this week. And for that, I've been your show, Matt. Well, I've been your wow. show. I have not <laughs> been your show. <laughs> I've <Wow>. been. <laughs> I mean, technically. It's late. 
it's a little late. Let, let me restart that again. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and for that, I've been your host, Matt Diaz. And I've been your host, Ernesto Santos. See ya.